welcome to another episode of Wrong Opinions Only with your hosts Justin and Kayla. Another little video we got going on, rocking the Wrong Opinions Only garb. If you want to reach out to us, just saying. This week, we are diving into one of our favorite reality TV shows. We can't get enough of it. I watched so much of it over the pandemic. The Challenge. Let's get into The Challenge, Kayla. There's so much to talk about. You watched so much of it over the pandemic. I also feel like I watched so much of it this week because what we're going to be going <laughs> over is not just the premiere of the new season of The Challenge, but also the very interesting sixth episode of... It's kind of a documentary type. The Challenge Untold History. Um, like I said, a six episodes premiered on MTV, a documentary, of course, about the challenge, its origin, its impact, spotlights the special moments of the show, features interviews with competitors, producers, media analysts, some interesting uh, actors chosen that I'm sure we'll go into that, that really made me laugh. Yep. Um, just kind of revealing the story. It's a long running reality show. You know, this has been on a while. I mean, I feel like half the time when I mention the challenge to people that go, that's still on. Yeah, it is. And, and it's uh, better that... than ever, so keep watching it, folks. Jesus. Yes, exactly. So uh, I'll, I'll just do a quick what each episode is because we're going to kind of – I think the best way is just to kind of go in and out of episodes, not in any order. But 100%. episode one was, of course, about the dawn of the empire, how the real world road rules paved the way for the challenge as we know it. Episode two was the evolution of the empire, so it looked back on the past 20 years, TJ Lavin and the things that he went through in the future of the show – Episode three was Against All Odds, which, of course, showed kind of the underdog uh, players and competitors. Episode four was The Goats. And, of course, the varying players had different ideas of who was the goat, which I thought was interesting. Um, episode five is Love Is Not a Game, which revisited the disaster, closeted, messy, and tragic love stories. Ending with episode six, that was Expect the Unexpected, which is essentially about the jaw-dropping moments in challenge history. Now, I got to say at the top with the format, when I started watching episode one and episode two, I was like, wow, they're moving pretty fast through the challenge. Like, because I kind of thought of it as a six episode timeline of the show. So when they were already like catching up to more current, I was like, what the hell is going to be in these later episodes? At first, I didn't like it. But then I really liked that they were able to give the time to specific moments without talking about this is what it looked like in you know, 2000, this is what it looked like in 2016. Like I actually ended up liking that format. What did you think? So I went back and forth on this. I liked that they had a different theme for each episode at first, but six episodes, there was a lot of overlap between the episodes. I wasn't getting a lot of new information each time. I think I would have liked it broken down more of the beginning of the challenge when it merged with real world road rules, that whole situation. And then like a middle years, kind of the come up to the, the stage it eventually became. And then the, where we are now, that's your first three episodes. And then the next two or three, if you wanted to still do six, you get into the greatest moments, the goats, uh, you get into all the love and the relationship stuff, but it's, it's just more contained instead of jumping back and forth between because I really wanted to get more information on, okay, how do they come up with these challenges? I wanted more behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, why did they choose these contestants? What drove these contestants? Did these contestants really enjoy watching another challenger early on, which is why they wanted to be on the show? I wanted more of that kind of 
you know, untangible stuff, if that makes sense. I hear you. I, I think some of that was answered, but maybe not enough for you. I think I think it's hard to to do a timeline when like talking about, say, for example, the evolution of the relationship between DM and CT. It's hard to do that in the frame of beat by beat in the timeline when it was such a let's talk about the arc of it across many seasons. Um, especially it's hard to look in the future without going back like a bananas and West dynamic. You want to show, you know, the gauntlet, not to confuse it with the challenge uh, theme, but you well, know. I think they could have had an episode. Like if you do that initial stuff where you break down basically not in depth, all the seasons, but like I said, beginning how they transition to where they are now and then where they are now. And then you have a greatest of all time, a goats episode. You have a rivals episode and you have like a love episode or something, you know, you kind of mix these things in a little bit more. I, I guess they did it. Okay. I just felt like every episode I was watching, I was like, ah, I saw something just like that on the previous one. There was too much overlap of conversations between the contestants or even some of the clips. They repeated the clips a handful of times too. I guess what I'll also say is what made the challenge so different is that it's not a show like Survivor where no one is coming off of other shows into Survivor in that the challenge was based off of, at first, one reality show, uh, The Real World, going right into Road Rules, going right into the challenge. And so there's not a lot of, I would say, people sitting at home going like, I want to be on it because it's, oh, they're always coming from the point of another show and then being invited. Even, even currently with like the love Island people in this season, we got people from all over the world. Um, they're not coming from like as a fan to the show. They want someone from a show coming on. So it is a little like, I guess it, what makes it special, a different dynamic of people, you know, used to be all from the same show. All they all started somewhere at the road at uh, the real world, and then became. Let's grab everyone from all these MTV shows and throw them on the challenge. Yeah, and I I think I would have liked at least to see from some of the greats their strategy going in. That would have been interesting to me if Bananas yes. goes. Oh, you know, in the duel, I was like, wow, I need to pair up with these guys because I see they have the numbers. But in the ruins, I had it play back a little bit. If they would have went into more of the strategy of how they played each individual season, I think that would have been kind of a good kind of middle ground between everything. But there's a couple subjects that I found they just didn't go deep enough on. And maybe it's just me, but they went into kind of like gay couples on the show pretty briefly. They didn't get into it in detail. They didn't really carry it through too much. They mentioned Nani and Casey. They mentioned uh, was it uh, Veronica and Rachel early on? But it was kind of a quick, like, 10-minute thing they threw in an episode. Night's death, same type of situation. And they never went into the earlier seasons, like I said earlier. I watched in the pandemic from season 10 all the way through to where it is today. So I watched, like, 25 seasons and then picked up in season 35, 36, whatever it was. Every season I could find. There were a couple that you couldn't find anywhere. But it was so fun to watch. But when you look back at some of those older seasons, you see so many of the problematic things. Like how fucked up the guys were to the girls in earlier seasons. Like Wes and Kenny and Bananas just slut-shaming and ridiculing 
Sarah and Casey and all these girls on the show for no reason. They didn't even get into it. It seemed like almost like a challenge propaganda machine at a certain point. And I'm all for, hey, um, let's reminisce. <laughs> let's go back in time. Like I love, you know, 90s, 2000s. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm happiest watching this stuff and just want to go back to kind of those decades. But they they didn't hit the spot quite where I was hoping. I wanted them to dive a little deeper. I will say the DM thing that they went into, I almost had tears during that. That that was okay. they, they spent a good amount of time on that and I I almost cried. Um I don't worry, I did the crying for you because I cried not just the time that she's introduced uh, in the underdog episode, but also when they outlined the CT. I mean, I was just like comically eating ice cream and crying to myself on the couch every time. It was just so so sad. Good points you had there. I I got to say, there it definitely is a propaganda, right? You're coming off the Challenge USA. You're coming off, maybe people are, for the first time are seeing the challenge, on uh, you know, seeing the spotlight on that. And so now they're like, here's a six-episode tutorial on everything you missed. So you can kind of see, like, what we're really about. Um, they The most they went into was CT's past. But, I mean, they, they, they gave the Adam CT scene. But, man, you could have had dozens of others in ct you could have had yeah. even more with all the other guys so i mean there's a, there's another dark side of this documentary where it shows all the problematic things that happened also i love that you are the one to first point out there should have been more of more gay coverage on the show before i could but yes totally yeah. agree i think if it's done by a third party production company and that's we've talked about this before when we've mentioned documentaries earlier when the people that are involved in the documentary are the ones producing it, then it gets kind of whitewashed, right? It, it becomes a propaganda machine. You need a third party that's kind of looking at it at a critical lens in order to really break it down. And maybe we will get that eventually. It, it's just they missed out on that stuff. And CT was a loose cannon. And they mentioned it a few times. He would have a whole bunch of titles if he wasn't a maniac in his early years and get kicked off for fighting or doing stupid stuff, he'd have more titles than bananas. We all know that. You show the scene of him chasing um, Adam around. That happened multiple times. He has threatened people. He has gone after people. And why not question him about that? Like, how do you feel about how you've come? Like, he had a couple, you know, quick comments. Well, I've grown a lot. I've matured over the years. I look back at how I was. All those kind of cookie-cutter things. And maybe CT wasn't giving them what they wanted because when they were talking about DM, they're like, he doesn't really talk about it. And then they mentioned to him again, he's like, all right, I'm done here. See ya. And just gets up and leaves the chair. And is like, I can't talk about this because he's still so hurt. So maybe they just weren't getting what they wanted out of him. So they had to cut around it. But again, I think it goes back to like MTV promoting an MTV franchise in that exactly. CT is this gladiator, this goat, this person that is full of mystery and intrigue. And I think they're just keeping that the same. I mean, I was waiting to see if they show the footage they pulled a literal season of the show that they pulled because of CT's physical violence and actions. Like I was waiting to see if, you know, when they were showing unseen footage, if they would actually do it, they did it, of course, because they want to pretend that never happened. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's a marker of MTV putting out their own documentary. Now, a benefit to that is that I really enjoyed the producers and the people behind the camera and the showmakers. Like I loved hearing 
you know, when certain events happened, like Bananas not giving backpack. someone the money. Yeah, Bananas Pack. Like, I like them saying on the production side, like, you know, this is what we got told we had to pull this person or we didn't know what was going to happen or we just on a whim decided to, you know, change the challenge in this way when they were describing how they went from like a road rules thing to like having different competitors with rookies, the introduction to that. And I was like, that is so like, that's interesting to me because I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that from watching the challenge. I wouldn't know how they got from point A to point B. So I really enjoyed seeing that. Now I want to talk about the, Jake Johnson of it all. Jake that Johnson was, and Dave Callahan. They I are so like, great. What is hap- Every time they get on, I just laugh because I'm just like, this seems so out of like, like he shouldn't be here talking about this, you know? Jake Johnson so just laughed every time they bring something. He's just be like, oh, that was hilarious. I love where they did that. Yeah. That brings me back. I like their energy. I think they just had to break it up with some energy. It would have been nice if they had different people's perspectives throughout. Like you have a couple random celebrities that are really into the show. Bill Simmons, massive proponent of the challenge calls it the fifth uh, major sport here in America. Maybe have him on. I mean, I know he has his own production company, so maybe that's not something that could have happened, but some people that could have talked about it a little bit more in depth. Jake Johnson and Dave Callahan were entertaining. They're kind of fun when they were on screen, but they didn't, dive into anything it was more surface level stuff and like you were saying i liked hearing the producers and the staff talk about behind the scenes stuff that's interesting one thing i wish they would have brought up is hey it seems like you change the rules in the middle of a season half the time is that real or do you guys actually stick to a script the whole time because they definitely change it if they don't like what's happening so kind of confronting those real issues that fans noticed would have been nice but it was an MTV production, so MTV is not going to call themselves out on that type of stuff. Yeah, no way, no how. Um, I got to say, the like we said, the production was very interesting to see behind the scenes. I really like the unseen footage in some of those moments, um, like even kind of showing Hunter in that last episode, you know, crying, being upset, and kind of production cleaning up while competitors still around the area. That was great. Screw Hunter. He deserved it. He was an asshole and a just a misogynist the whole season. That I never liked Ashley more than then. Like, screw you, dude. You would have took the a money too. Don't tell percent. anybody else otherwise. There's no way he would have split that money with her. I'll screw tell you what Hunter. though. I'll tell you what though, like reliving the banana Sarah, which you know is my trauma of the show, was difficult. And I still don't forget bananas. Like every time I see it. It just gets stronger because they really, as much as people can compare the two, as in they both decided not to share the money with the partner, to me, those are two different circumstances. Hunter was a complete yeah. ass, and the way that we got to see even more how he flipped out and said was said the worst stuff. And I really loved that he was like, I never called you a slut. And then the documentary makes sure to show the clip where he absolutely did on top of other things. Yep. And just oh, his yeah. reaction was exactly why Ashley was like, you're not getting this money. Like, you can't treat me horribly the whole season, which you, you proved did, your point and get this money. Yeah. The bananas thing. I, I don't think it was on the documentary. I think I was listening to a, a podcast with him on it recently. He was talking about the Sarah decision, which he's been asked about a million times. And he did note, he goes, the production, I think, kind of came up with that last minute. They asked the third and second place teams what they're going to do. Obviously, they're not doing anything. So it goes to me, and we're the last team. 
He's like, and honestly, I felt that if they put in this big twist, how disappointed the fans, production, everybody's going to be if nobody utilizes it. And it was a lot of money. And he, he did throw that in there. He goes, and I wanted the money. He goes, but I felt like I had to do it for the show. I did it for myself. He's like, I did honestly feel bad for Sarah, though. That's something. And and I think I saw something where he, like, sent apologies and stuff to her. And she's never been on the show since because that's devastating. How do you? How do you come? I mean, that was de- de- the fa- and when they She won the, the previous the season scenes. and threw him in right before final, which is what he always brings up. She threw me under the bus in the alliance the previous season. She wins with Jordan because Jordan's but, a beast. We but to say that is to erase the whole season growth. Yeah. Where they constantly, like, confronted it, apologized, grew, made a commitment before the end. And for him to do – and I appreciated that in the unseen footage, he's, like, crying, choking up as he's talking about, like, what he did. Like, he's, he's – re- I, I do believe he had that, but – I mean, to have Sarah say what she was going to use for the money to, to help herself and to, I mean, Nelson said it best when he was like, he won all this money, like for you to say, Nelson's never said anything gonna... past Kayla. Nelson, he, and we'll talk did. about okay, that for listen. the season premiere of season 38. We'll talk listen, about I'm how not Nelson, a Nelson can't hater. <laughs> I'm not a Nelson hater like you. And I agree with that. So that was devastating to relive i appreciate that they had to spend the time on that and the bananas curse was pretty funny even though he did break it but uh okay when i was watching the goats episode oh my god you're gonna bring up the stuff that i noted here yeah Yeah. (laughs) i just want i'm gonna let you roll but i just want to say when i was watching it i was and seeing some of and again what i appreciate is that they weren't like production wasn't like these are the goats they let the players, the you know, the few actors they had say, who do you think is the GOAT? And obviously they all varied, so, like, everyone has their different reason. But I knew there were some that you were, you know, we have different opinions ourselves about who's the GOAT. So I found that pretty funny. Go ahead. Yeah, so I have three names noted down. There's probably more, but I got so angry watching this. The Miz will start easy. Not a GOAT. He participated in, like, four challenges. He won two back when they were freaking carnival games. Get over it. Also, I can't stand them as he's so fake. I know he's a wrestler. He does all that stuff. I can't stand him. He's annoying as shit to watch. Get him out of my house. Cam. Cam's a goat. She's made it to one final. She's never won shit. She's been on like, what, four seasons? Win a final before you're considered a goat. How about that? Oh, something happened. That's why I didn't win. Well, guess what? Win. That happens to everybody, and somebody figures it out. CT was punching guys in the face for 10 straight seasons, still has freaking five titles. Figure it out, Cam. I think she's a great player. You can't be a GOAT unless you win. Girls-wise, Emily, Laurel, Cara Maria, and I won't even go off on a huge tangent tangent about how Cara Maria wasn't even in the documentary at all. They had Polly in there, so, not Cara Maria. What happened? Let me just jump in here, and this is what I've been saying to you, to our friend Kayla, to anyone that will hear me. I think there is, obviously there's some weird blood with Polly, Cara Maria, and production, but I have been saying that there seems to be something more with Cara Maria and production. And this just, to me, solidified. The fact that Polly's on, on it, and she's not, that's purposeful to me. I have a feeling she's never going to be back on a challenge, whether that's something she's personally decided because of things that allegedly could have happened or not, or her behavior honestly was not great towards the end. Uh, but we've seen people come back with worse. I lost CT. 
Um, but I think there's some like, yeah, there's some drama there for sure because Carmen absolutely should have been on there talking. And I, as you know, as a Carmen fan, for as much as I could stand towards the end, it was a bummer not to have her on there and have Polly as like the side. She is one of the best competitors, regardless of sex, in the history of the challenge. She is a little bit of a lunatic in the house sometimes, especially when she gets into a relationship. She just can't control herself. But you can't tell the history of the challenge without her. I would have also liked to see some of these old-time players from the original maybe 10 seasons coming in and talking about how it's transformed and how they think they would have fared nowadays. Like, Darrell won four in a row. Yeah, that's when there were two massive teams and when they were carnival games. And one of the finals, I can't remember the season, was literally like you run on a beach quicker than like to the end and it's a relay race and it's over. That's it. And then it turned into two three-day finals, which are intense. So Darrell's a beast competitor, but, you know, he hasn't won since things got tough. And CT's, all of CT's wins have been after they became more difficult. So I just so- want to note that. I'm going to say something controversial, but I'm just agreeing with the player that made the statement. It's something I've actually said on the pod in the past. But when Jemmy, who was a gem, on, because she just has the best lines. But when she said, when you're talking about the CT versus bananas goat of it all, which I appreciate they spent a good amount of time on. But she's like, Johnny won when it was hard. And CT won when the winners were at home. And that's how I've always felt that ct blossomed when the people that normally were winning were not participating of course the strongest component of that is bananas but still continue that like ct down three with of his five with bananas on the season the only two he won without bananas was he won the last two challenges which bananas was but it's on. not just one person it's not like oh this winner that always it, it's i mean when it showed the flashes of him versus like the world that episode that season that i absolutely hated um, War of the world. You know, it's like, yeah, he was thriving with the newbies. I mean, literally, when he came back, so out of shape, he never got put in once because of his reputation. That is, that was not performance based. That was not. He got and he he admits he got carried to the end. It but was the he CT. earned that reputation. He earned the reputation, and I like that he did mention in the doc when he lost to Jay. He was like, you know, I have I have won and I've dominated off of fear and intimidation. Nobody wants to go against me. That season, you had to go in to get a skull. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, I'll take out this little guy. Not a big deal. And as everybody else said, which I loved, Wes, Bananas, somebody else too, the worst thing that could have happened for them was CT get embarrassed like that because he went home, got in crazy good shape, and then won the next couple. So actually won three of the next four after that. I just think like when it comes to specifically just the comparison of CT and Bananas, I have to me personally, I think that Bananas had had to have it all, not just physically. And this isn't someone who never wants Bananas to win ever again, okay? Yeah. Uh, just as for Sarah. But he, he the, the politicking alone has helped his survival, let alone the physical. Like, he was in the game. He was, you could say like a West, manipulating the game. Like, Bananas was in, in a way that CT has always relied on his – now, again, Puzzle uh, Master I, I'm now, gonna jump but in I'm here. talking about early, the first few. I'm, I'm, I'm disagreeing a little bit here because I've heard interviews with Wes, with Bananas, with Durrell, these other greats, and what they have all said is CT plays such a critical role behind the scenes where he is so great 
at whispering something in somebody's ear who talks to somebody else and then what he wanted to happen happens but then he doesn't get any blood on his hands they marvel at how he's able to do that without getting called out i think his early seasons you're right part of the game is keeping a cool head not going off the rails and just fighting everybody because somebody said something bad to you that's on him you can't really give him any credit for that bananas has always kept it calm cool and collected even when you have Wes, you know jumping into his face and pushing him around so but we know we know the goats right we know the goats we're talking about them we haven't talked about the one that really irked me and you know the one i'm talking about how many it people was... have mentioned <laughs> it was Wes, right you were so mad that Wes was considered a goat <laughs> no they, they mentioned him as the greatest politician nobody trusts him he's not the best politician he talks to everybody nobody trusts him you can't win that way but you know everybody knows Anissa, are you freaking kidding me? Anissa is one of the goats. She's never won a final. Let's start right there. You've never won a final. You can't be a goat, in my opinion. Number two, everybody's like, she's won so many eliminations. Oh, my God. She's won 10 eliminations. You know why? Because she goes in a million times because everybody thinks she's an easy out. She's, what, won 10 and lost 14 or something crazy? Yeah. Guess what? That doesn't mean the goat. Your winning percentage is so so well laurel is nine and two in eliminations one of those was bullshit anise is like 10 and 14 they keep throwing her in because nobody considers her a real threat especially in the later seasons where she she got a little out of shape and didn't care she went on all-stars she couldn't even win all-stars with these 50 year olds like why is she coming back to the regular show she's not a goat she's never been a goat she's an interesting character she's a good narrator in the house but don't you dare Put her in the same links as Laurel, Carmaria, Evelyn, Emily, any of these real goats that deserve to be mentioned. And Anissa is not anywhere close to that level. And she's never going to be, even though she has Jordan in this upcoming season, who will carry her as far as he possibly can. But she will drag him down because that's what she does to every partner she's ever had. I'm sick of Anissa. You know, you've been you've been two for two on these specific competitor rants here, uh, here in Survivor. Okay, wow. I I don't have an argument against the goat of it all with Anissa. As soon as I saw her name come across, I immediately thought of you and I had to laugh out loud. Now, yeah. Anissa as the one in conversation about her evolution throughout the seasons, or like you know the different stuff she's gone through on the show. I'm totally here for. Her. But like in the consideration of goats, I do think you have to win at least once yeah she's a good character she's a good narrator she's entertaining on the show especially in the earlier seasons she just can't be in that competition and people call her the elimination queen you can't have a losing record in eliminations and be the queen she had one season early on where she won like four in a row and everybody's like oh she's great and then she won like five of her next 20 so let's let's calm it down a little bit well, you know, I don't know. They they had to. I guess they needed one more person they to fill in there. Um, I agreed to your earlier point too about wanting to see kind of the earlier people, not just when they were having like the flashbacks of you know the Veronica Rachel relationship, which I thought was really interesting from the side of like them now, um, them in the past, and like I, I it was interesting to see the comments they would say that you can now in hindsight see as this like i'm gonna get as comfortable as i can 
you know, say that I love her, but like, I want you to think of it as one type of love and not the other. Like even the, the, the carabiner with Veronica, her, I rewound <laughs> that like 10 times, just Veronica's face when she turns to look at like the rest of her team. Like I was, I mean, I, I was would be terrified too. <laughs> I was crap, but her face was cracked. She's just like, Oh, it was so fun. And for her just to be like, I wasn't doing that. I'm like, how do you justify your two hands going specifically to the thing that is holding her on this rope? Like for her to be like, I was just trying to win. Yeah. By killing her. I forgot who said that line too. Who was like, Oh, Jemmy again, the gems that she gives us. She's like, they're trying to kill Veronica. I don't, I mean, I was dying. It was so funny. Like I wish there were more of those looking back moments. Cause there were more than they showed like three. There were more than that, you know? There are so many great moments. I, I wish they would have had more of the uh, the look back at the great moments. Obviously, we saw the bananas backpack. We saw the Jordan flipping over all the X's. We saw the Veronica almost dying situation. So we've seen a lot of good ones. What I would have liked to seen is some of these people collapsing in the finals, number one, because I think it would have been great to show Zach who is bitching the whole season. He gets teamed up with Laurel in a final and he can't move. And Laurel's calling him a bitch and saying he's the reason she's not going to win and he's useless and all this. That's the type of stuff I wanted to see. Also, all these greats that have been in, you know, 10 plus seasons, have them rank the finals they've been in. Like, let's let's get into the details. What's the most difficult final? I, I wanted more granularity on like what these contestants think about each season and how it compares to earlier versus now a lot of people say what battle of the sexes when they were in oh man where were they greenland iceland it, it was the one where uh, ct and diem were dominating and then ct gassed out and caused diem a title and bananas won with camilla which was a great final and they regularly recognize that and i think war of the worlds won as two of the toughest finals but it would be nice to see if everybody is in alignment of hey you've made it to five, six, however many finals, which ones were the most difficult? It's a great uh, name drop, too, because they totally had Camilla Erasure. They were definitely like, we want, because CT is dominating now, we, we're going to keep him in the good light. But, like, anyone who's problematic, and Ethan or whatever, we are just totally hiding them from any type of shot so you don't go, wait, who's that guy? Um, that's pretty entertaining. I, I agree with no that. No Kenny, like they had no the, Evan. No, uh, no, Camilla. Evan, excuse me. Yeah, well, anyone who left the show out of shame, they just pretend didn't even mention. Yeah, that um, that was interesting. They did have bananas talking about the children where they were starving, like they when they had them on the islands, and bananas and them like would go sneak into production in the middle of the night to get food because they were literally. And then the the producers were like. Yeah, we figured if they're stealing food, they must be really hungry. And I'm like, that is a total marker of the time where, like, they weren't <laughs> having doctors come in. Like, yeah, you you can't have people just survive on rice cakes for the sake of reality TV. But it's pretty funny, like, to see them talk about that season as, like, it didn't work. No one liked it. And also, we like, we may have starved the contestants. Um, our bad. We were just trying things out. Yeah, they, um, they took a swing. It didn't work. But at least they tried. I agree. It's interesting to see those types of things. Also, you hear so much about how the house has changed over the years. There used to be unlimited alcohol. 
Like maybe let's get into why that changed, uh, Tanya, um, and why there are restrictions now and how they need to like give tickets to get booze and stuff now, which reduces the amount of drama, reduces the amount of fights. Since COVID, they haven't been able to go out to the bars and mingle and do all that drunken shenanigan stuff. So it, it, I want to get more into that, the weeds of that. Like, man, let's get back to the, the good old days. You good old days and you want the darker side of things. Um, yes, I do. Did you think they left anything out? Did you think like, obviously we wanted more. Essentially we wanted more, right? Essentially we wanted like it, well, less it was in six some episodes. areas, more in others. It was six episodes. So I was like, they're going to get into everything with six episodes. I don't think they allocated their time properly. I think they could have got into all this stuff in six episodes if they if they formatted it a little bit differently. So what I'm looking for is a big two part four hour doc by a third party that gets into the behind the scenes of the challenge. We're calling you out the ringer, Bill Simmons, figure it out. Let's get into a documentary, do it. You can hire us as consultants. We're okay with it, but that's, I I want that. I want that. And we have so many great characters over what? 20, two years that the challenge has been going on. There's so much to work with. We need to see them more and really need to figure out how this is transformed into people getting 20 grand to people getting a million dollars a season. I feel like the way the challenge is going to end is by something epically horrible happening. And I don't think me like the worst case death, but I think like something like going to happen in production. <laughs> She's going to come back just for that to happen again. But but I feel like that's when we'll get the darker side of the channel. Like remember when the challenge ended, this horrible thing that happened. That's probably what's gonna go down. Um, I wanna kind of kind of to Peter to the end here. Did looking back change anything about how you see the challenge? And I'd like to start because for me it did. Just point blank, it did. Not just remembering how it was, but the fire of looking back had me has lessened over the years and we're still big fans. We're still watching it. We're tuning in every season, but this is maybe this is just me, but I think when they stop doing the real world and I understand the variety sake of it all, let's change it up and have different people from different shows with intentions that direct pipeline of getting to know a group of people over several weeks let you know who they were when they got in the challenge. You were like, Oh my God. When I saw Corey on the challenge, I go, Oh my God. Corey season was insane. Like I can't believe they let him on the challenge. It made me interested in how he would play out. But like when I'm coming to these seasons with someone from German love Island, I'm looking at it like fodder for the cannon. Now maybe that's what the point is, but I just think they lost something in that. I really think the, the having the time with people in the real world and having always that be the pipeline is what made also the challenge great. You always knew where they were coming from. You always knew who they were if you were a fan of both shows, and most people were. So I just I think when they lost that and just started to promote their other eighty thousand types of you know variety reality shows, it got lost. And then also, yeah, I miss the chaos a bit. It's. I love the OGs. I love that they're in their 30s and early 40s and they have families and they're they're thinking about their aching backs. Sure, <laughs> that's why I love All-Stars. But I miss I miss the freaking hooking up. I miss the dynamics. I miss I I miss the drinks thrown in the face. I miss like it's not that I want injury to happen, but I do want like when you get these vault these different personalities and right now it's very like 
keep keep the veteran safe, keep the yeah. rookie. You know, it's just it's the same old shit. And part of it is not just the competition for me, as you know. I love the drama, and that is almost dead a bit. Yeah, that's one of the things I noted was with the recent seasons of the challenge. At first, I didn't like all these new people. You know, I was like, oh, we got all these new people from some random shows I don't care about. Give me the OGs. But I think I'm starting to come around on it a little bit more because it makes sense to get Youngblood in so you can get the drama of all these stupid 20-somethings that are hooking up, that are throwing drinks, that are just creating chaos instead of all the relaxed, mature version of the OGs like we see in All-Stars. So I think there needs to be a balance of OGs with the younger new people that are going to be idiots. Because really, we're watching reality TV. We want to make fun of the idiots we see on screen and root for the other idiots we see on screen, right? That's that's pretty much what it comes down to. So you need some 20-somethings. Because All-Stars, it lacks that. You don't get the hooking up. You don't get the bad-mouthing. You don't get the drinks in the face. Because everybody's 40 years old, and they're like, hey, we need to get up early. Let's go to bed at 9. I got kids to worry about. I don't want to look bad on TV. We need a little bit of chaos. So there needs to be a balance. But the fact that it seems like it's getting overrun by the new people that we know nothing about, and there's Warsaw Shore and German Love Island and The Mole, like these shows that I could care less about, like at least give me something. Like Big Brother, I'm a Big Brother fan. You not so much, but you watch a little bit now. At least I have a connection to those contestants when they come on. Survivor, same thing. Give me something that I have a connection point to maybe a couple people from different countries and, and bring them in season by season. But it's tough when it's so many of them coming in at once. Cause I, I kind of tune out when they're talking like the German couple. I was just like, I don't care. Get them out of here. Who next? Like, let's move on for season 38, which we'll get into shortly, but that's yeah, just my I, piece. I, I agree. And I think we're talking the same thing. It's just, I don't know these rookies and that doesn't, it's just I'm rooting for the same people every time, and I would like to have that general known basis for me to that that's feeding people into the show than these shows I've never heard of, like you said. So Completely it, it made agree. me nostalgic, and it made me go, man, the challenge really has changed. And from I want to get I knew it to be. I want to get back to a more simplified format. They've been making things so complicated. Let's change partners. Let's do an algorithm. Let's. You vote in a million people, and these people vote in another million people. I want the duel to come back. Do you remember the duel, Kayla, or the duel two? They vote in a person. That person picks somebody to save, and it goes all the way down until the last person is selected that doesn't get saved by anybody, and they get to pick who they go against. Let's do that. That creates chaos because then it's like, okay, I won the elimination. I get first pick. I'm going to save my number one ally. They're going to save somebody. They're going to save somebody. One person's left out, and they can go for anybody that didn't win the elimination. That is great because, number one, nobody's going to leave, like, a lot of these big dogs at the end or go against them. Like, if you have Bananas or CT or, or some of the – or Turbo, like, in really good shape, nobody's going to call them out. But if you leave them to last, you kind of force them – to show their hand a little bit. So I want I want more of those simplified but still entertaining formats like the duel. I totally agree. Again, going back in time just made me go, yeah, it wasn't really broken. You know, it wasn't it was, you're, you're kind of breaking in itself. And I think that's a great transition 
into season 38 ride or die which is our current season let's go all right so the challenge ride or die 38th season premiered wednesday october 12th and the season had a switch up competitors were able to bring their own partner which honestly first of all we've said it many times thank god we're out of the spy era enough is enough bring on the ride or die Thank you yes. so much. Even though they still kind of have the graphics to make it look a little spy and the color scheme, like the blacks and the purples, but please, no more spy, weird, corny shit. Just ride or dies. Great theme. Great theme to start. And you set people up for maybe success, at least by picking their partner and not always having people go out because they accidentally got the wrong person. You want to recap just a little bit of what happened in this premiere? Sure thing. I thought it was a pretty good premiere. So we start off on yachts. Everybody's having a good time. Woohoo! Turbo freaks out for no reason. That's a theme we're going to see throughout <laughs> the season. Um, <laughs> just what a weirdo right now. Uh, the daily challenge, they have to run through a mud pit and answer some questions about both of the people in their on their team. You have Nelson who forgets how old he is, which is why they lose. <laughs> so Such a Nelson move. You have Kayla saying uh, to her husband, I think he just learned my birthday. Oh, yeah. Kayla and her husband, Sam, were great, too. You have Johnny and Raven, a pair of rookies. There's a handful of uh, rookie pairs here this season. They won the first challenge and immediately were like, we want to shake things up. They just want to create chaos early on. Go for it, guys. Let's see how it works out for you. They are told they have to nominate four teams for interrogation. Four teams. That's eight people you're pissing off immediately. And they don't hold any punches. They go, Jack and Laurel, that's a mistake. Don't piss off Laurel day one. You're, you guys are going down. Tori and Devin, another strong veteran team. Kayla and Sam, eh, whatever. I guess Kayla's a veteran. I'm not too worried about them. And then Kim and Colleen, the German team, just because they, they need to throw in one rookie team. They end up choosing Kayla and Sam to go in. And then you find out that there's this weird selection thing where the three remaining teams pick a dagger up. So one dagger says safe on it. And uh, it's just like, oh, okay, but you don't know until it happens. So Kim and Colleen, the German couple, are safe and can choose one other team to keep safe. They choose Jack and Laurel to keep safe, which means Tori and Devin have to go in. Tori and Devin go in. It's kind of a puzzle game where you have to balance on a side piece with both of your partners. They win, send Kayla and Sam home. Very short honeymoon for them. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. They went home. Everybody's woohoo, yeah, yeah. And then they mention Casey and her brother Kenny had to leave. What? So that happened like right at the, like you see them in the beginning at the house when they're getting yep. used to it. The, and then they just disappear. They start the beginning daily challenge and TJ has this weird like vagueness or like, oh, well, that's how things goes. Casey and Kenny are no longer on the show. And I'm like, I immediately had to Google what happened because I'm like, this makes you know me what happened? I hate I didn't that they Google don't. It. So they got COVID. They both were in Argent. She was in Argentina traveling and she probably gave it to him. They tested positive. They pulled them. They had them be in separate rooms and had to wait it out. And at the same time, she knew that. She found out Nani was coming on. She's like, oh, my God, like, I can't communicate with Nani. Oh, and she's going to be so weirded out when she doesn't see me there. And it was like a weird, like, they just missed each other. And it's like, 
That sucks. I, she won last season. Like, bummer. Yeah, that, that was upsetting because that would have been a fun team to watch. And then you see TJ goes, you know what? We had a team leave. Let's bring a, a couple people in. Brings in Nam, the cyborg who doesn't speak from last season that hurt his back with, you know, who cares who his partner is. Not a Nam fan, personally. And then the big mic drop to end the episode. Nani slowly walks out behind her, a hooded, not showing anybody at first. Johnny Bananas out of retirement. Sound the alarms. Here we go. Even Devin from the crowd goes, Oh, this is a sigh of relief. Thank you. There's another group of vets here because these rookies have us outnumbered. And you're going to see Johnny Bananas and Nani come in in episode two. And we also know if you watched episode zero, there are two other vet teams that will be incorporated one way or another throughout this season. So Jordan and Anissa, and then Darrell and Veronica. So... I thought it was going to be the first people that went into elimination were going to have to go against a vet yes, team. If they same. won, they're in, and they get some type of power. You win an elimination, you you get power in the next challenge. I don't know. But that wasn't the case. They were just able to come in right after the elimination, and they just saved themselves a week, basically. Uh, I thought the same thing. I go, oh, it's going to be like a blended mercenary thing where like when they were pulling the daggers, listen, there were two to me. I know we're weeds deep and hot D house of the dragon, but between the daggers and the bananas hooded dark figure coming in, I was like, this is too much right now. Uh, cracking me up right. Especially when it had words on it, like safe on the dagger. I'm like vibes, the, prince, yeah. the prince who was promised. I go, what's <laughs> going on here, guys? I love it. Um, I thought, too, they might have to battle bananas. And I love Fessy just literally collapsing in a pile because he deserves it. I tweeted about that. When he sees bananas, Fessy is immediately like, oh, this season is not going to be as easy as I thought. God damn it. <laughs> like, he gets so pissed. And I love it. It's so great that rookies, this is why you don't make big moves day one, because you have no idea how it's going to break down. You know, like you said, there's four people being nominated. You don't know who's going into elimination. You don't know how they're going to figure that out. You don't know if more people are coming in. If the people eliminated are going home or off to like some secret sanctuary. It's really risky to make a big move early on. They did, kind of, but they sent Kayla and Sam, which is probably the least veteran-esque uh, team of all the teams there. So that's the one that's kind of expendable. You can get out of here because who really cares? Laurel, Tori, and Devin are still in the uh, in the game, who is who I'm rooting for because now I'm, I'm totally uh team vets. Let's go get all these rookies out. Screw them. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel differently. I thought like at first I was like, Oh my God, you're picking Laurel. Oh my God. Tori and Devin, as you know, that's my team I'm rooting for. I'm like, Oh no. But honestly, I think it was good because out of all the competitors, they won. You know that generally what happens is the veterans go for the rookies. They don't care who you are. You are cannon fodder until they fight amongst themselves which many seasons they've tried to break but generally that's what happens to me it's like let me put in these big names because who knows they could throw i mean i could be the rookie they don't know and they throw in next week for no reason might as well make a reason and laurel was appreciative like you also can earn your kind of like kayla and sam sia like who they're not hurting anything sending them off they didn't hurt anyone up there by sending them home but by saving them, you have a, a little up, I feel, because they're a strong competitor. They're not, 
you know, like I, I, I don't think it was again. I could eat my words next week, probably will. But I really went back. Like, what do you do? Just wait for you to get steamrolled? Like, make moves. And I thought they did it wisely. They didn't like make enemies, even though they were picking big names. So I see where you're coming from with that. The thing is, they seemed a little too high and mighty in those interrogation rooms, where Johnny immediately was like, "So, uh." You know, why do you deserve to stay here? It's like, bro, shut the hell up. They've been here 12 years. You just showed up. You won uh, answer a couple questions competition and screamed like you just won a war. Like, relax, dude. All right. It's not the end of the world here. So I don't know if they played it perfectly, but because I thought they'd make more deals. And the first thing he said, he's just like, well, we're not really interested in deals. But what would you hypothetically offer us? No, if you're in this power position, make deals. Be like, hey, if you save us the next two times you have power, I'll save you this time. That's how you do the thing. it. But you have Kayla literally in the confession before she even knew she was going to get thrown in when, when her husband's like, oh, are we going to do She's like, no. Like, those just mean, those really mean, I mean, Lord, you know, you nothing. know. They mean nothing. So to me, it's like, I don't know. I, I For me, I thought that was as well played as could be for winning and having to pick people because – the rookies may have, well, probably will. The, the the German group, like I hate to call them the German group, but I don't remember their names. They were, you know, I believe them when they're like, yeah, we don't know anyone else. We're with you. Like, I don't see them backstabbing anytime. But, you know, Caleb was about to. So, I, I don't yeah, know. True. I was yeah, true. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, an interesting first episode. I really enjoyed it. I like the theme this year. Um, Turbo sucks. So, Turbo I mentioned this. Turbo is the worst. I mentioned this to my wife before the season. I was like, you know, on Instagram, I see Turbo kind of, it seems like he kind of went all Hollywood and try is trying to be famous and really cool and stuff now. And it looks like he went Hollywood and just became an ass. He just gets pissed at everything. I thought. Did he become it or was? <laughs> yeah. Well, the first season, War of the Worlds, he was kind of, he laid back and made jokes and was kind of just fun. And then came an ass and when Devin just made an innocuous comment because turbo is huge into the martial arts and everything he's like oh these are sharp turbo so don't get any ideas and turbo's like, what's that mean i will kill you i will murder you and your family why are you mentioning my name How? it's like dude relax and then in the beginning when <laughs> laurel was pouring champagne and apparently i don't know he wasn't there and he didn't get a glass he's like oh you didn't pour me champagne they're on different freaking yachts and he's screaming at her, like, I'm taking you into elimination. I'll go in myself. I'll take you and all your friends out. It's like, bro, relax. Like, why are you so serious about this right now? Is he on the juice? I have no clue. But he, like, is so, like, so many instances, like, enough where they're like, what is your problem, dude? Like, I don't know if he's just feeling like I want to. Like, I, you know, I. It's something because I was so annoyed by him this season. Like you said, these were like simple comments. And he's like, if you gave me water in a desert and you were the only one, I, w I would rather die. I'm like, you are so dramatic. Because she missed your glass when pouring champagne because you weren't there. Like just ridiculous. And in that episode zero where it was basically the three vet teams that are coming in late, Johnny and Nani, Darrell and veronica and then uh anisa and jordan they were talking about all the contestants and stuff and turbo came up and nani started talking about him and she, she was just like you know turbo was 
a real nice guy who War of the Worlds 1. He was kind of free, relaxed. War of the Worlds 2, he became a jackass. He was getting brainwashed to thinking he could only trust like one person and he wasn't listening to anybody. And she's like, and he's just gone down that path where I just, I don't even know what to do anymore. Like, I, I don't know if I can be friends with him, basically. And Jordan, who had a blow up with him in War of the Worlds 2, I think, was just like, I want to make friends with Turbo. I'm going to, like, go out of my way to try to do this. Like, you know, we ended on bad terms, but I'm going to try to do that. And Nani and Johnny and everybody else is like, no, don't even try. It's a lost cause, man. There's no way he's coming back to you. So just it seems like a weird evolution. He's an intimidating character. I really want to see him get his ass beat in, a, in an elimination. He's physically strong he's got the endurance i don't know puzzle wise i don't remember i don't feel like he's very good but let's see him and fessy go at going at each other huh fessy who's already making moves trying to hook up with the german girl just um okay can i just say when he's like i don't know if she has feelings for me i'm like you, you you've talked for 10 minutes what do you mean if she has feelings for you like what <laughs> what he is needs this? to just have a girl Why is at his so side messy he just needs to have a girl. He, I think he's one of those types of guys that needs somebody there. And he needs to do the whole spiel of like, really, I'm soft on the inside. I care. I have feelings and a heart. I'm not just this rough exterior you see. All the bullshit he says all the time. I'm a very sensitive guy. Bullshit, yeah, His dude. actions are how terrible he treats women yeah. all the time, whether it's romantically or not. He yeah. is the worst. He's going to blow up um, at his partner at some point here. I just... That'd be entertaining to watch. Uh, I had a couple other notes about this episode. Nelson does the opening toast. What the hell? I Now, I used to hate Nelson because he sucks, right? I've come around on Nelson. That? I like Nelson as a contestant, as a character. I don't think he ever has any chance at winning. I don't think he has the skills or the brain power to win the game. So I like to root for him to stay, but then actively root for him to screw up because he screws up every couple of weeks. That's just how Nelson operates. Like I said, he forgot how old he was in the daily challenge today. They also noted he has gone 51 straight daily challenges without winning. Are you like, that's what three, four full seasons. Like that's impressive dude. And then he has this toast, which is usually a bananas or like a big time vet. I don't know if they asked him to do it. I guess there's no other real big vets there. And he's just like, so has the challenge started or has it not? We don't know, but it hasn't, but we will drink. And I was like, what, what the hell did he just say? I don't, I don't know what's going on. So listen, he's not the best post giver. So listen, listen, he is a character. He's entertaining. He gets more entertaining every season. But yeah, he's not the, you know, he's not the vocal. He's not the comic relief when it comes to like big speeches. So Passing him the mic, which is a bad idea, but whatever. They're drinking. They don't care. We um, need Kyle. Kyle is the comedic relief we need right now. I was happy to have a – I'm happy to have a break from Kyle, to be uh, honest. I like, like his comedic relief because who else – well, I guess now that we get bananas coming in, there might be a little something. But a lot of these people seem super serious this season. Except, I guess, Johnny is already hooking up with some random girl. I guess Nelson's Yeah, that's partner. definitely going to be some drama for yeah. sure. That'll turn um, into an did, issue because Nelson did likes her. Did you see and... Tori's face when she saw, like, in the preview of Jordan coming in? Did you see her? Yeah, and I also saw a preview where she's, like, 
basically cursing him out at a bar on one of the nights. Like, you knew I was going to be here. You did this. Like, why are you being an ass? You guys were engaged. You broke up. It sucks. You're here. I watched the episode zero where Jordan was, you know, in that little uh, area where the, all the vets were talking about the upcoming season. And Johnny and Nani were kind of pushing him like, hey, Tori's here. How is that going to go? And you could tell in his face and his response, like, they really cared for each other. He thought he was going to marry her. And the breakup devastated both of them. They just couldn't make it work. And he even mentioned, he goes, one of the reasons I've been so hesitant to come back to the show and have turned down a few seasons is I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know if I can handle it if she's talking to somebody else or if she can handle it if I'm talking to somebody else on the show. I just, I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm very nervous about that. I don't want to hurt her. Like, he seemed very remorseful, and I don't even really know why they broke up. I don't think it was any cheating scandal or anything. I think it was just they just drifted apart. But he said he has not seen her in person since they ended the relationship. So when he shows up there, she's going to be legit surprised. But also Tori, like, I love Tori. She's a good competitor. She gets in her head so much. She looks for reasons to just crumble from within. If she can just stay strong, and hopefully Devin can help her, because I like them as a pair, to just stay focused Steve. on the game. I know I'm really rooting for them, I think. You know, next to uh, Nani and Bananas and uh, Jordan carrying Anissa over the finish line on his back, hopefully. We'll see. But maybe we'll see Anissa will have, have some goat-like tendencies for you. Maybe she'll surprise you. Um, it was an interesting pick choice for him or her. I couldn't tell you. But. So Bananas actually mentioned that in that episode. Zeri is like, so how the hell are you guys ride or dies? He's like, me and Nani make sense. Uh, Veronica and um, Darrell make sense. And they went into like, well, we met like 10 years ago on this season. They've already always been there. The vibe I got was Anissa reached out and was like, if we're doing ride or dies, my first choice would be Jordan. That They did not explicitly say that, but that's the vibe I got where she got the choice. She reached out to Jordan and he was kind of like waffling back and forth and eventually decided to do it with her. Who knows if that's actually true? I want more details on who got to choose their teammate for the ones that have two uh, two veterans here because Laurel is so competitive. She chose somebody that's never been on the show. That seems a little a little odd. Why didn't she and they're, choose? They're best friends. They're friends, but like I didn't. They, and they say they're so close. Like if the world's ending, I'd say. Yeah. But it's like we've never seen how they compete. Do you know Laurel and how she competes? Like, have you guys played a board game? Because Laurel, you, you, <laughs> she has played with her best friends and said the worst shit in the middle of competition. She doesn't want to friendships. Lose. So it's like, she will turn. I mean, when they showed in the documentary, that flash of her just like arguing with TJ, like practically having it hauled off at losing. Like when she's like, I want a hundred on the test. 99 is good enough. Like Laurel doesn't need to tell us that we know. Um, I will yeah, their the... little intro package in episode zero, he he was like, I know she's super competitive. And, and maybe they said this in the doc, too. He's like, you know, I feel like you rub people the wrong way. Like, people are intimidated by you. I think I can even you out by being the friendly person that everybody gets along with. I still don't think he understands exactly how intense it gets, though. <laughs> he also looks like, in the previews, a little schemery. Like, he was he in Shonen Clips yelling to other people so i'm like maybe it's just too 
two alpha mentalities kind of combining. I guess we'll see. Again, this could be the drama we've been looking for. I also did like the dagger pull, even though I'm still like questioning how it's all working. Because, I mean, they made fun of Jordan's, you know, pulling all the axes that season. But, but like, I love that. I love the like, you know, we've had so much time where you're picking people. I really like the rant. Sometimes I do like the random, this is when you're going in. And to see that back, even in this version, I was like, yeah, they're they're doing some of the old stuff. Even though it's a new flair, it's what I liked. Yes. So I, I'm liking this format so far. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I think it's a little complicated because it's you nominate four, you talk to four, you pick one, and then there's three more. There's so many steps to it. But when you, what you're going to see is these teams making alliances once they get nominated. Hey, I'll save you if you save me. And then just one of them has to be safe. But when you're nominating these teams, now you have to do it strategically. I want to nominate two people that are really good allies, so they potentially have to go against each other. Or that backfires, and you do that, and the one gets safe, and the other one wins the elimination. Now they're both coming for you. So it adds an extra layer of complexity to how you're going to strategize the game, which is obviously what they're going for. It's just a lot to keep track of because if you're nominating four teams, how many teams do we have, Kayla? Is there like 16 teams, 12 teams? Whatever it is, it's nominating four is a big chunk of the house right now. And you're just going to get so much blood on your hands. We have 18. We lost two. So that means we have 16 because we gained. And that 16 includes the two that have not joined yet, Jordan and Anissa and... No, that's uh, not adding them. That's that's oh, okay. gaining bananas and Nani, losing Casey and losing Kayla. So add another two year back to eighteen. Yeah. But again, I don't know when they're coming in. So are we losing at the same time we're gaining? I don't know. True, true. Yeah, we'll see how, how that all plays out. I I'm intrigued, but all in all, Kayla, I'm really excited for this season. The challenge is back. This isn't bullshit challenge USA. This isn't challenge all stars. <laughs> we got some OGs. We got some newbies. We got finally not a spy theme. We got a good fun theme this year. Let's just go all out. You know, let's go freaking ride or die, Kayla. Right now. Let's do ride it. Ride or die, Justin. Let's go to Argentina um, and just show up to these challenges. Let, let's do it. Um, I have to wear a lot of sunscreen. Um, real quick, who are you rooting for right now? Who's your team? Did it change? Is it bananas, uh, Nani? bananas and Nani are well. They're the only ones in the game uh, right now that I'd be rooting for. And then Tori and Devin are my second. Tori and Devin, number one, just yeah. can't root for bananas. And I love Laurel. Laurel, I'm always rooting for Laurel, but when it comes down to it, I don't have a connection with Jack yet. So I'm trying to root for teams of like two people I really enjoy. Yeah, agreed. So I guess we'll see how it plays out. All right, let's get to our swirly of the week. Okay, so who wants to go first, me or you? I'll go first, Kayla. Okay. So my swarly of the week this week is Brett Favre, former NFL player. I know that person. Yes, you do. Um, Green Bay Packers legend, Hall of Famer. Have you heard of this scandal he got into in Mississippi? No. That's no. where he lost me. Okay, so he has gotten into this massive scandal. He might be indicted. I don't know what's going on. It's still like a lot of research and uh, stuff is going into it. Journalists are just diving into all this shit. But essentially, $77 million of government funds 
meant for like poor families welfare were redirected to um, enhancing sports facilities. So government money was redirected to go against the poor to help the people like in college and the rich folk. And so how did he get pulled in specifically? I'm getting to that. $5 million went from the welfare program to help develop a new volleyball facility that Brett Favre was trying to get funded. And he was sending text messages to the governor of Mississippi and these leaked. So this is why he is the Swarley quote. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much you gave me? End quote. And then the governor's like, no, we never released that information. And now it is out. So there's a million text messages. He was working with the governor to redirect the government funds to help him and the sports facilities and the university that he graduated from college on. And now he is claiming the media is smearing him and it's all bullshit. When we have this documentation that is proving it happened, he's like, I didn't know what they were doing. You have text messages that say, hey, can anybody find out? Because this looks sketchy, basically. So such a swarly move. If you're doing that, which is fucked up, number one, you can't be sending things in writing in text message form to government officials saying, hey, I know we're doing something completely illegal, but is there any way that I could possibly get caught on this? Like, come on, dude. Swarly of the week. Total swirls. Swirls move there. Okay. Um, so mine is going to be a incident that occurred uh, in the past week. Uh, a comedian named Ariel Elias. Um, she was working a gig in Pleasant Beach, New Jersey. And, I mean, I don't want to say it's because, you know, comedians are having a lot of issues with audience members thinking they can just kind of, like, interrupt the show. Um, a lot of that they think has stemmed from like the Chris Rock, Will Smith of it all, or just, just, you know, like the crazy things of comedians joking and people kind of getting affronted, but anywho, so she's giving, you know, she's having running in the middle of her joke and this woman like kind of yells like in the middle of the set, like, um, did you vote for Trump? Like totally random. Wasn't even the topic that she was joking about. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, I wasn't talking about, you know, she wasn't talking about politics. And she's like, what does it matter who I voted for? And tries to keep going. And the lady's like, oh, I can tell from that answer and your jokes you voted for Biden. And she's like, okay. Again, kept trying to keep going. And then she's then she kept going. And she's like, uh, you know, keeps instigating, keeps like, what does it matter who I voted for? You know? And then she's like, uh, I can tell from the way that you're talking when no one wants you to do that you voted for Trump. And then it got like a laugh. And then she's like, well, no one, she's, you know, probably drunk. She's like, well, no one told me I couldn't to stop talking. And then she tells you guys, do you guys all want to stop talking? They all yell, yeah. She, again, tries to continue. Like 10 seconds later, this woman throws a like seemingly full can of beer at her, misses, but like hits the wall, what? splashes. The comedian is, is kind of like shocked that like she threw a can at her. Picks up the can, chugs the rest of it, this comedian. Oh, badass move. Oh, it was hilarious. Like, but now this woman's getting sued by the club. It's a whole thing. It's like, I don't know where the the these swarlies, the people that think like they're gonna get the laugh by like interrupting a show or like being the one like to go viral. I don't know what really is the aim, if it's just alcohol or it's what. But I've been seeing it following a lot of comedians way more. So listen, just be quiet. Enjoy the show. It's a big thing on TikTok where the comedians will kind of roast the people that jump out. 
So I wonder if that's giving people more like reason to just speak out in these shows. You know, it's like, oh well, this went viral because somebody said something stupid and they went back and forth. Yeah, I think for it's ten seconds. I think it's definitely escalated. There has always been like where people just, I mean, you're at a club, you're having a ten o'clock show, people are drinking, people make comments. Like I think that's par for the course, but it is just like the the evolution of it, like throwing a whole glass at someone on stage like it's just it's evolving so please stay in your seats enjoy the show don't be a swarly okay that's my swarly of the week let's get to our friendship question of the week you want to say what it is do you okay, remember Kayla. We'll, we'll see how this goes <laughs> okay. friendship question of the week if you were on the challenge ride or dies who would be your ride or die and how do you think that would actually play out in the season and we're saying it has to be the opposite gender. So yeah, we'll go opposite gender. Okay, because if it, if it was girl girl, I'd probably pick Kayla from knowing the challenge and working together. But if I have to go girl guy, um, here's the thing: I'm thinking about the men in my life, and it does go back to you know. Yeah, I'm here, Justin, I'm over here. Because here's the thing: if I. I mean, just the mere idea that I pick a swirly is entertaining, but he would be more gentle with me. Um, but the idea of me and swirly on a puzzle or something, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know the show. Like, regardless, again, we've mentioned this past, you'll probably bring it up. If we're together, I think when it comes to the politicianing, the partying, the, like, negotiating, we'll be like this. We watch yep. a show. We're fucking – we think each other's thoughts sometimes. We're there, Okay. When it comes to the competing, okay, not not to put you on some pedestal, not to put me on the Anissa floor, but, you know, physical activity, not my favorite. I um, could be I could the Jordan see... to your Anissa, all right? And you sometimes, you know, you you have these strong competitors with maybe not as physically similar, and they're, they, they coach well. They're like, you can do it, and that, that helps get them there. That's not always your strong suit because you've got to go right to, <laughs> to rage, um, and so I could see, and my immediate is just to match you in that. And I could see like the competition going around us and us just going back and forth in the middle of it. Um, but I mean, I need someone who knows the show and I don't know many people who watch it. Like if you don't know anything, we're doomed. We're doomed. So well, thank you, you Kayla for picking me. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've gone back and forth a million times on this question, even though we just came up with it about an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Um, I can't go my wife. I'm sorry, dear. I love you. Chitlin. Uh, we, we could not be on the same team. I think we're in agreement. I we, think it would be bad for you at home when you both had to go on the plane home. Yeah, that, that would be bad for both of us, I think. What I have come down to is I think my mom would be great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but we'd probably end up – she's so competitive like me, we'd probably go at each other's throats. So I don't know if that could sustain, but she's just as competitive. And then I was between you, Kayla, and Julie the Cat Gaffney. Okay. So, okay. Who – where – where – talk about our strengths or weaknesses. So, Kayla, I feel like we are there on the politician portion mm -hmm. of the game. I think we could talk to different groups of people. We can kind of make alliances all over the house. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't like to be outside. You don't like to compete and that stuff too much. I don't like to get dirty. Yep. So that's that's a bit of a downfall, especially for a final that we might have to mm -hmm. run, which is going to be outside <laughs> the entire time. Yep. Okay, get ready to backpack. Yep. <laughs> the and cat's kind of the opposite. 
Kat likes a lot of hiking. She's a little bit more outdoorsy. Uh, Competitive-wise, we did a lot of beer pong together. We're very good kind of competitors. But the politics-wise, I feel like we would not be on the same page and we kind of be clashing heads in the house. And with me and you, I think we'd be clashing heads in the challenges. (laughs) So I'm kind of – I'm throwing it up in the air here, but I think I have to go you, Kayla. And maybe it's boring that we picked each other here, but I think having the strength of us being on the same page in the house and making the alliances, it's more fun. Helps for the faults. Yeah. It's more more fun. fun And it gives us a little bit more leeway. And then, you know, if we don't win all the challenges, then we're less of a threat anyway. Right. So that's true. There's Justin, there's no one else I'd rather throw up bull testicles with than you. You better eat them though. Like we're, if we (laughs) make it to a final and there's no quitting, I don't care if, if we finish 38 hours behind the person in front of us, we're finishing the damn final. I'm almost vomiting at like thinking of like drinking curdled milk, but I'll tell you what, I don't care if my stomach comes out of my throat. That's not going to be the thing that ends us. Okay. That's, that's what I needed to hear Kayla. Otherwise I would have shifted gears. Me and you, Kayla, (laughs) next season of the challenge. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's book it. We're guaranteed to go out first. (laughs) You know what? No better way to end this pod full of the challenge. Check out the new season. And as always, see you next week. Well, that's it for this episode of Wrong Opinions Only. Please follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes. Until then, JK out.